Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Brett from the Basketball Studios Podcast, welcoming you into another episode. So, on today's episode, it's going to be my NBA Finals and NBA Award Show, or not Award Show, I guess Award or Award Show predictions, which is terrible that the Award Show is at the very the very end of the season, after the end of the season. Um, I don't know. I just don't understand it. Like, if you're going to have the award show at the very end of the season, then have the playoffs count for the awards. Why are you making a regular season award? Why do we have to wait till the very end of the season to 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 receive for the players to receive their awards at the very end, although the playoffs don't count? Like, just do it like how you did with Stephen Curry's last MVP and all the years before where you released it in the very beginning of the May. But that's that's beside the point. So my NBA Finals and NBA Award predictions. So I'm going to start off with the NBA awards because that become that that's for the regular season which is before the NBA finals and I'm going to start off with the most boring award that you know that we can possibly that we can possibly get into um the coach of the year because nobody cares about it um it, besides because you know at the NBA award show they have the best shoes award the best teammate award the best civilian award the best streetwalker award the best driver award like just fluff so it can be an hour long or a 30 uh, what well, it's probably what an hour long an hour long thing an hour long show well i guess i'm not gonna get an invite to it ever because i hate it um first award coach of the year doc rivers um he's proven to be a championship coach with the big four celtics because it's not the big three celtics it's the big four celtics because rajon ronda was also there two people um coach of the year doc rivers la clippers uh, there's a lot of hype around them. I mean, if we looked at this first game, I know it's the first game, and I know the Lakers, you know, they have chemistry and stuff. But dang, even without Paul George, this Clippers roster looked like their chemistry, like they've been playing together for five years now. Like it didn't even look like this was a brand new team. Um, but yeah, I have Doc Rivers, great coach already. Uh, that team's going to be really good on both offense and defense, and it's going to be a lot of, due to his coaching style. Um, a lot of people respect him. And. Yeah, I got I got Doc Rivers. I think he should have been coach of the year last year just for the fact that the Clippers made the playoffs. Everybody counted that team out, team out to be a lottery team, and they thought you know that that the Clippers team was just going to tank for a good pick. They they made a playoff push and you know uh, gave Golden State Warriors a little bit of trouble in that first round. So I think Doc Rivers, um, I think Doc Rivers is going to be coach of the year this year, um, rookie of the year. Now, a lot of people are going to get mad at me for this one already because there's a lot of hype around this one person that's not going to be in there, but that's Zion. He's not winning Rookie of the Year. I think John Morant is going to be winning Rookie of the Year. Why? I think it's because of opportunity and uh, injury or injuries. Um, I think John Morant just being in Memphis, he has more of a spotlight whenever, not because of market, Although Memphis and New Orleans are both kind of small markets, but not because of market, mostly just because of who's on the team. Zion, you know, there's there's Lonzo, there's Josh Hart, there's Brandon Ingram, there's Drew Holiday. John Morant, I think, yeah, yeah Jonas Valanciunas is still on that team, right? Or is he gone? Either way, with Jaron Jackson, it's like, that's kind of it. Um, John Morant, he's going to be, I think whenever January rolls around about 30 games into the NBA season, I think that's whenever John Moran's really going to start to find his groove. I think from now leading up until January, he's going to have some nice games. Uh, until then, you know, he's going to have some nice games where he's putting up, 
you know, 25 points and seven assists. He might have some nights where it's only 13 and eight, or he might have some nights where it's just bad all around, but he's a rookie. He is young, but I think he's going to have a longer season than Zion. Obviously he, he has that lead already because Zion's out for the next two months. I just think Zion, for one, Zion needs to lose 50 pounds. That's another podcast episode that you know damn well I'm never going to do. But Zion Williamson needs to lose about 40, about 30 to 50 pounds. The dude is 6'6", 19 years old with 285 pounds, relying on his athletic ability, which tears people down. You see players like Dwayne Wade, T-Mac, Penny Hardaway, uh, Derrick Rose that relied so much on their athletic ability, and then they got injured. And they aren't they're they're a hundred pounds lighter than than Zion. Um I think John Morant's gonna be rookie of the year. And then getting into defensive player of the year, I'm not too big of a stickler on this one, but I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis. It could be Joe Embiid. I think it's gonna be a battle between those two guys. Um obviously anybody on the on the LA Clippers could win it. You know, Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George could win it. But I think it's gonna be a battle of the centers, just like it was last year with Rudy Gobert and Joe Embiid. I know Paul George was in there, but I think Anthony Davis is going to pull it out. He's going to have load management. I think Joel Embiid will have load management too to where uh, even if they're healthy, they're only playing about 65 to 70 games, um, and that's counting out injury. Like That's just the max games they're going to be playing this season. And I think within those games, because they're going to be resting, they're going to be well-rested. Um, I think they're going to be out back to, for back-to-backs. Um, I think both those guys, I have Anthony Davis as my final prediction, mostly because of story, because he's on the LA Lakers and it kind of goes with their whole legacy. I think Anthony Davis, he's already a good defender, but with that load management and him actually wanting to be on this team and win, um, I think he's going to have a phenomenal defensive year. And the only problem is that they're like the Lakers just have a lot of bad communication whenever it comes to defense, not because Anthony Davis and it's not because Anthony Davis is a bad defender. It's just their, their scheme, their, their defensive scheme is just a little bit off with communication, but there's, we, they have this whole regular season to figure this out. Definitely until all-star break. That's still a lot of time to figure this out. I have Anthony Davis winning defensive player of the year. And now here's the thing with these predictions. If I'm wrong, Say say if I have Anthony Davis and Kawhi wins it, I do not care. Like, if you guys start DMing me and being like, ha-ha, you're wrong at the very beginning of the season. You thought it was Anthony Davis. It's actually Kawhi Leonard. I do not care. Like, okay, I'm sorry I was wrong. What are you going to do, sue me? Like, yeah. Now, sixth man of the year. I have Derrick Rose winning sixth man of the year. I know you guys are saying Lou Williams, and I could see Lou Williams winning it because of the whole storyline of the L.A. Clippers. Um, and, you know, if they win a championship, if he wins sixth man, if he if Doc Rivers wins coach of the year, then the whole thing is, is are the L.A. Clippers overthrowing the Lakers whenever it comes to them as a basketball city? Or, you know, you know that whole storyline that keeps going around or that, that headline, whatever. But I have Derrick Rose. Mostly because, for one, he's in the East, so he's going to be going against you know worse teams, which means he's going to be having more. He's going to be going against worse teams more commonly. Like they play against every single team in the East four times, and they play against every single team in the West two times. Um, he's going to be having better games, better numbers. Um, I think. He just has more of an opportunity whenever it comes to him coming off a bench. And then with the East being so open, he could be an all-star. And 
a lot of these NBA awards, in my opinion, are based off a story. How can this develop into a good story? I think Derrick Rose, you know, after all the injuries, after his bounce back year last year, if he wins six man of the year, six man of the year this year, if he's an All Star, then that goes towards his story, and maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer. We'll get into being Hall of Famers later whenever it comes to this MVP. Um, so yeah, I think Derrick Rose um, will be six man of the year, and I think the I think a big reason why Lou Williams, same thing with Story, the reason why he may not win it is that he has three he has three six man of the years already. Like, do we do we need to see him win a fourth one? Like, if you know, if we if we're doing MVP based off of best player, the most valuable player, LeBron would have seven or eight of them. But do we really just want to see LeBron get MVP, MVP year after year, year after year? Yeah, Michael Jordan should be a ten time MVP, but it just gets boring seeing the same guy like every single year win it. So I think they might change it up. I think Derrick Rose is going to win six man of the year this year. Uh, you know, he's kind of just the third, he's like the third guy on the team. I think he's above Reggie Jackson, although he's coming off the bench. I think he's still, you know, above Reggie Jackson as far as skill level, as far as who's the better player. I have Derrick Rose. I think he's just smarter of a player. He knows when to stop shooting. He knows when to pass it. He understands the flow of the game. Whenever I watch Reggie Jackson, it seems like he just doesn't know. He kind of has like a Westbrook syndrome where it's like he doesn't know when to stop shooting. His court vision is not always there. And no, I'm not comparing Reggie Jackson to Russell Westbrook as far as them as a player. I'm just saying their mindset, or not even mindset, because now you're going to get, well, Reggie Jackson isn't ferocious like Russell Westbrook. But as far as seeing the floor and their IQ, I think that's similar. They don't know when to stop shooting. Uh, They don't always see that open guy or even the second open guy. They kind of just take it upon themselves and do – they're kind of very premeditated. It's like they go down to court and know what they're going to do, and that's their plan. They're not going to do anything else. They don't really play off instinct. They play off like just being premeditated and just just knowing what they're going to do before they even go down the court, which for one could either be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, Derrick Rose, he is my favorite player. Um, but also, whenever it comes to Derrick Rose winning six-man, He's going to be playing as many games as possible because in order for that Pistons team to get into the playoffs and really make a push, in order for them just to get into the playoffs, he's going to be having to play his best and the most he can, which is also going to go towards my MVP uh, my, my MVP vote or my MVP prediction for this 2019-2020 regular season award. Um, so, yeah, that's why Derrick Rose, I mean, his game speaks for itself, too. He averaged 18-4-4 or 18-2-4 coming off the bench last year. We, we know about Derrick Rose. We know what he's going to be doing on this Pistons team. If he's not as good as – if he's not doing what he did last year, it's going to be better this year. Um, now with my MVP, I guess the award that we've all been waiting for. I have Stephen Curry. I don't see Giannis doing it again. Um you know, I feel like LeBron and Anthony Davis, right now in LeBron's point of his career and with Anthony Davis's point in his career, they're kind of just sharing the load. Uh, no pun intended whenever it comes to load management. But I think I think that um, Anthony Davis, LeBron James at their point of their career, they're kind of just splitting the offense and kind of splitting their role 50-50. It's not like, oh, it's LeBron's team and Anthony Davis is option B. It's kind of like they're both option A's. It's not even A and then A1 A or whatever. or It's not 1 and 1A. One it's kind of just they're both ones. Like they're both – they both have the same amount of meaning to this Lakers team. I think they cancel each other out. Paul George, 
Kawhi Leonard, I think they're going to be doing pretty much similar things. I would say it's more of a 1A, uh, 1B type of thing whenever it comes to Kawhi and Paul George. You know, I think Kawhi's clear cut the better player, but Paul George, he's not as good as Kawhi, but, you know, he he's not trailing too far behind. Um, and then, you know, you have Lou Williams coming in, giving buckets. He's valuable to that team. Patrick Beverly, they, they just have too solid of a squad, and they're they're – their distribution is too much in order for that in order for one of them to win MVP in order for one of Kawhi or Paul George if that makes sense and they're going to have load management so they're going to be sitting out a lot of games I wouldn't be surprised if Kawhi only plays like 60 games this season Paul George is coming back from injury so already he's missing games I think they kind of cancel each other out Harden and Russell Westbrook cancel each other out um, I know Kyrie might be in there because he's kind of having his own spotlight in Brooklyn right now I just don't think he has the leadership in order to win that MVP. Yeah, he's going to be doing his 25-5-5, maybe even more now that Kevin Durant's, you know, he's he's mostly taking all the shots because Kevin Durant is going to be out this season. I just think Kyrie, something about his leadership, he just doesn't have that that it factor in him to really bring a team over the hump. I think, I just think Stephen Curry, if he's not injured, he's going to be playing. I don't think they're going to be really doing this load management with Curry unless they're really solidified in the playoffs with 15 games left in the season. Then he might take some games off. But in order for that team to really make the playoffs, and mind you, that Golden State Warriors team could still win a championship, but as far as them making the playoffs, the Western Conference is so stacked to where the number one seed and number in the in the eighth seed might have very near the same record. That though the the Western Conference is so stacked and it's so spread out. So where the the first seed and the eight seed is not just gonna be like if the eight seed wins, it's not gonna be like this huge this huge underdog thing. It's understandable if an eight seed beats a beats a first seed this season. So I think in order for that team to make the playoffs, Stephen Curry's gonna have to play as best as he can and he he almost he averaged what like twenty eight a game last season, and it kind of just gets swept under the rug because you have Clay, KD, they had Demarcus, they had Draymond. Um, you know, it's it kind of that that season kind of gets swept under the rug. I think with Stephen Curry now not having Demarcus and not having Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson sitting out, I know they brought in D'Angelo Russell, but I mean, I could see D'Angelo Russell playing a lot of like almost like a bench role whenever not because he's the sixth best guy on the team I, I think he's the second best guy on the team uh obviously third whenever clay comes back but I could see that D'Angelo Russell might be sitting after the first quarter D'Angelo Russell might be sitting most of the time whenever Stephen Curry's out there because if Stephen Curry sits they need somebody else to come off and be able to score and be able to run an offense. So I think they're going to stagger the minutes. I think Steve Kerr is going to stagger the minutes to where D'Angelo Russell is almost playing more of like a second unit bench role. Um, I just don't know why you would really have both D'Angelo Russell and Stephen Curry sit out a lot together. I think D'Angelo Russell, they're going to be interchanging. They're going to be switching their minutes. So I think while Stephen Curry's on the floor and he has the green light to shoot wherever this season, now that Klay Thompson is most likely to be ruled out for this whole entire season, and if D'Lo is sitting on the bench, Stephen Curry is going to go off. You really think Stephen Curry is just going to be trying to be a playmaker to who, a cutting Draymond Green and throwing lobs to Willie Cauley-Stein? That sounds kind of fun, I guess, but Stephen Curry is going to be, he's going to be running off screens from Willie Cauley-Stein, getting that screen assist from Willie Cauley-Stein, and shooting some corner threes, shooting some deep threes, and really taking advantage of um, having 
to push that team into the playoffs. I think he's going to have a great year. I think a lot of people forgot about the greatness of Stephen Curry, and it wasn't too far, it wasn't too long ago whenever he was unanimous MVP. So I got Stephen Curry as oh, and with the with the BS, I don't want to I don't want to curse, but with the BS that Michael Jordan said that Stephen Curry's not a Hall of Famer yet. Hold on, Michael Jordan, a two-time MVP. One-time unanimous, but a two-time MVP, a three-time champion, a six-time All-Star, and the consensus, the consensus, if I can speak properly, around kind of just the NBA, around the league and the fans and all that type of stuff, Stephen Curry's the best shooter of all time. He is breaking records. He's the first, I believe he's the first NBA player to make 400 or more threes in an NBA season. Nobody, or was it nobody ever hit 300 and he hit 400? I think that might be, I think that might, and he, and, you know, he broke a record for most threes in the game, but obviously his teammate, Clay Thompson, broke that. But, you know, he had, what, 14 threes in one game? And I know that's one game, but that just kind of speaks volumes to a decent shooter is not just going to be throwing up and making 14 threes. Like, Stephen Curry's the best shooter of all time. Already. He, already, he almost has just as many threes as Ray Allen, and Ray Allen has played, like, well, he's not in the league now, but he played like seven more years than where Stephen Curry is right now. Stephen Curry is, he's the best shooter of all time. Two-time MVP, six-time All-Star, three-time champion, and he's not a Hall of Famer yet. I just think Michael Jordan's stuck in the past. I think he's just mad that the NBA is a three-point shooting league and that big mans aren't just staying inside the paint anymore. Stephen Curry changed the game. He's the reason why Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, uh, Nikola Jokic are shooting threes now is because Stephen Curry has changed the game to where floor spacing is such a big part of today's game. If you change the game, if you change the dynamic of the league, Stephen Curry, Stephen, like if you change the way the game is played, you're a Hall of Famer. I don't know what Michael, I think obviously, I don't think there's one person that's like, wow, Michael Jordan said that Stephen Curry's not a Hall of Famer. I guess I might have to rethink about my, my basketball analysis. Stephen Curry to all of us is a Hall of Famer. I don't know what Michael Jordan's talking about, but maybe Michael Jordan put an extra little chip on Stephen Curry's shoulder, and who knows? Stephen Curry, Mike, I think I think Curry's going to have a lot of phenomenal nights this season. Um, I could see like thirty points, fifteen assists, five rebounds, a couple steals thrown in there. I could see him doing that for like tw- like twenty games of this season, having those type of stat lines. It's going to be a crazy year for Stephen Curry. Um, and the good thing about podcasting is I can say all this, and like if all this happens, then I can say I was right, you know? Because like with being with having a podcast, you can just document this. That's all it is. That's all having a YouTube and Instagram, having a podcast. All it is is documenting. So either you're right at the moment and people like your opinions now, or maybe you're right in the future. Um, but now let's get into the NBA Finals prediction. And a lot of you guys might just be like, why didn't you separate this into two podcast episodes? Because... I might finish this predict. I might finish. I might finish this episode before we hit the twenty-five minute mark. We're, I mean, this is this is before you know. I might take a little bit of a little bit of pauses out and you know edit this just a little bit. We might be done with this podcast in twenty-five minutes. I hate podcasts that are like listen to our NBA predictions. That's an hour and forty-five minutes long. Our NBA finals predictions. That's an hour and forty-five minutes. Like. You need an hour and 45 minutes to discuss who's going to win the NBA Finals. I need a good little, little six minutes. Not even. Um, NBA Finals prediction. I have the Clippers and the 76ers in the 
NBA Finals, and I'm not going to be like a boring podcast and tell you who I think is going to win tip-off, what the first play is going to be, what the second play is going to be of the third quarter. Um, in Game 2, I'm not going to go through all of that. Clippers and 76ers are my pick in the NBA Finals, and um, I have Clippers winning it all, and I have Kawhi Leonard winning Finals MVP. Now, if he, if he wins Finals MVP, that's what his third Finals MVP, he's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know how many All-Stars he's been in, but Kawhi, Kawhi might be, you know, he might be making his itch at top 20, top 10 all-time players. Um, But, you know, something I would not be surprised about is if Patrick Beverly wins Finals MVP. I know you're like, well, how how could he do that? There's Lou Will, there's uh, Kawhi Leonard, there's Paul George. Yeah, but like, you saw what happened whenever Golden State beat the Cavaliers. Andre Gudala won the Finals MVP. It wasn't Clay Draymond or Stephen Curry. It was Andre Gudala. Why? Because Andre Gudala and players like Patrick Beverly, I would say Patrick Beverly and Marcus Smart are more similar than Andre Gudala and Patrick Beverly are. But like Patrick Beverly is a type to die for the loose balls. He might only have nine points one game, but all those nine points came at the right time. Um, he's the one to be taking charges. He's the one to be doing all the little things in order for a team to win. And I just wanted to touch on there. There's this kind of thing that kind of annoys me about NBA fans, how they're like, well, technically he didn't lock this guy up because he still had 35. See, like Kawhi played really good defense on Kevin Durant. Like say during the season, Durant still had 35. Why? Because that's just how gifted Kevin Durant is. There's some players in the league because whenever Andre Iguodala won the finals MVP, I even, I even thought he should have been finals MVP just based off those high energy plays and those really smart plays that he was doing to really like bring everything together. I think he played good defense against LeBron. Although LeBron averaged like a 30 point triple double, he still played really good defense on LeBron. Like, there's some guys that you're not just going to be able to lock down. Like, nobody's just going to make Kevin Durant score less than 20 points in a game. Like, and I know you guys might go back and find a date where he did score less than 20 points, but you guys know what I'm saying. For a whole series, somebody's going to... Kevin Durant is still going to get his 35. or I mean, 25 is still good. Kevin Durant's still going to get his 25 points against Kawhi Leonard. No matter how good defense Kawhi Leonard plays... I don't care who plays defense on Kevin Durant. He's still going to get his 25. Like, he's just that gifted. And that's the thing. Patrick Beverly, I could just see him, even if Ben Simmons averages 18, 10, and 10, Patrick Beverly, I think it'll be so much fun to see Patrick Beverly try to get in Ben Simmons' head. I could see him, you know, standing in the paint and just taunting Ben Simmons, saying, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. You won't. And then probably calling him some some names. And you like, that would just be so cool just to see, like, Patrick Beverly just taunting Ben Simmons. Just the same exact way that Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons kind of went at it and the same way Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant went at it. I think it will be fun to see Patrick Beverly try to get in Ben Simmons' head. That would be a really fun matchup. And, you know, post-game, Patrick Patrick Beverly saying that he's, he's soft and Ben Simmons saying, oh, that's coming from Patrick Beverly. What has he done? I think it will just be so much fun to see that rivalry. Not even a rivalry, but just see that that competition between those two players that'd be really fun and then hey look at it it's 23 it's 23 minutes and i'm done um i might i might close this off and it might be 26 minutes but you know i got all my i got all my predictions for this season and guess what i'm gonna do just to make you guys super mad i'm gonna do the same exact podcast episode after all-star break because i can so like 
yeah, I can change my opinion based off how the season goes just because in that moment I might have a difference of opinions, and before those players win those awards, I want to get it out again, if that makes sense. Mostly not just not just like to change my prediction and say, oh, I was right all along, but just to document so I can say, okay, at this point in the season, I changed my opinion. This is going to happen. So, yeah. Um, if you guys hated this podcast episode, give it a one star because I don't think you can do zero stars. But if you hated it, give it a one star. If you loved it, give it a five star. Give it a four star. Give it a five star. If you loved it, um, if you hated it, unfollow me on Basketball Studios. Or if you loved it, follow me on Basketball Studios. Although all you guys are probably already followed on Basketball Studios because that's where you're coming from. But um, so yeah, if you loved it, give me a five star. If you hated it, give me a one star. And um, I, I think it'd be super funny if you like really hated it. To be one of those guys that like leaves a review like, I wish I could have given a zero star, but it doesn't let me. But this is not even worth one star. I think that'd be super funny. But don't do it if you're just trolling. If you actually enjoyed the podcast, be genuine. Give me that five star review. If you genuinely hated, it, if you genuinely hated it, give me that zero star. Um, and then super like DM me a screen recording of you follow, unfollowing Basketball Studios just so I can see it and give me some constructive criticism or just be a total hater. I don't care. You guys do whatever you want to do. The podcast will still go on. Um, and yeah, and I think I, I kind of have not a big announcement because it's really not that big. It's more just big for me and not big for literally anyone else. But I'm, I'm going to be releasing a personal podcast and I'll say I'll probably on my next podcast episode tell you to go listen to that first episode of that personal podcast so you can get all the details because I'm not going to, you know, um, go for the next 15 minutes telling you about my next podcast, my, my new podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, do whatever you want to do whenever it comes to ratings and following and all that type of stuff. And I'll see you guys in the next podcast episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I hope you guys enjoy the future podcast episodes. Peace.